Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we come thanking you again for this week. We continue to lift up the young people on spring break. We pray for their safety. We pray for the frontline healthcare workers during this COVID-19 pandemic. We continue to pray for those with mental illness challenges. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. The humiliation of Jesus Christ begins when the second person of the Trinity interrupts the timeline of human history by being born in a manger. A feeding trough used by animals was the spot for the God-man's first appearance as a baby. Baby Jesus soon found himself in Egypt as Joseph hid him when King Herod ordered all male children under the age of two be killed in the Bethlehem area. You find that in Matthew 2.16. This was the first of many attempts of evil men attempting to kill Jesus, and the common theme of those Satan-controlled humans is that it was not Christ's time to die. Joseph would return with Jesus from Egypt and settle in Nazareth. The public ministry of Jesus began after he was baptized and tempted by the devil. My friends, the humiliation of Jesus was to show that he has suffered just as we suffer. He can now be our mediator, our go-between for man and God. Hebrews 2.18 says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. In Hebrews 4.15, we find these words, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. My Christian companions, the ruler of heaven came to earth voluntarily to be humiliated by men just to show us we don't have to sin when we are tempted. We choose to sin. Satan tries to humiliate Jesus three times in Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11. Jesus had completed a supernatural fast that lasted 40 days. At this point, Jesus could have used his divine power to create something to eat. Instead, he allowed the devil to tempt him. This was another humiliation, for instead of turning stones into bread, Jesus replied with the word of God. Jesus also set the example for us with the next two temptations, by responding to the devil with the word of God. That's why I encourage you to spend time reading the Bible so that when the devil tries to tempt you, your response is to use the word. Jesus was rejected in his hometown synagogue, found in Luke 4, 16-30. Jesus had been teaching in Galilee, but when he returned to Nazareth and spoke at the synagogue, he was humiliated. The people were so angry with Jesus' claim to fulfill the prophecy written in Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, that they were prepared to throw him headlong down the hill. Keep in mind, Jesus grew up in Nazareth, so the people knew him as well as his family, or so they thought. My friends, whenever the man of God preaches the truth, it either draws you closer to God or drives you further away. The synagogue at Nazareth fell into the latter category. Jesus would have an ongoing battle of wills with the Pharisees, a religious group who held a strict Levitical view of the law, or at least their interpretation of it. The Pharisees take issue with Jesus on things like eating with sinners, found in Luke 5, verses 29 through 32, or picking grain to eat on the Sabbath, 
which they considered work, found in Matthew 12, verses 1 through 8, and healing on the Sabbath, found in Mark 3, verses 1 through 6. These were all violations of the oral tradition which they claimed to enforce and protect. This was the humiliation of Jesus, who created eating, who created the grain, and who created the men and women who he healed. Jesus was accused of casting out devils by Satan's power in Matthew 12, verses 22 through 30. Even with all of the acts of kindness Jesus displayed, the Pharisees thought he worked for Satan. How humiliating. The humiliation of Jesus reached a crescendo in the last days of his life on earth. Judas would seek every opportunity he could to betray Jesus and earn the 30 pieces of silver he had been paid. That's found in Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16. My Christian friends, Judas had spent three years in the ministry with Jesus, but he had to fulfill the scripture found in Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13, some 500 years before the birth of Jesus. Zechariah predicted that they would haggle over the price, use silver coins, declare the exact amount paid, 30 pieces of silver, showing the value of the life that they put on Jesus, which was the price of a slave. The blood money was returned to the temple, and the money was used to buy a potter's field to bury strangers. After the trial of Jesus with the high priest, in Matthew 26, verses 67 through 68, these words are recorded. Then they spat in his face, beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? My Christian companions, spitting in one's face is a global sign of anger, hatred, disrespect, or contempt. Now, if letting these Jews spit in your face is not humiliation, I don't know what is. To be spat upon and smacked multiple times, well, let's just say most of us would have no tolerance for that. One of Jesus' closest friends, Peter, humiliated his master by denying that he knew Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. Matthew 26, 35 mentions all the disciples said that they would not deny Jesus. Matthew chapter 27 continues the series of humiliating events, beginning with Barabbas. Each year at the Passover feast, the governor would release one prisoner to the crowd. At the time, a notorious prisoner named Barabbas was chosen by the Roman governor Pontius Pilate to be released. But this year, Pilate gave the crowd a choice, release Barabbas or Jesus. The crowd shouted they wanted Barabbas. They chose a robber over my Lord. That's humiliating. After Barabbas was released, Pilate had Jesus whipped. Folks, the whip used by the Romans was similar to a cat of nine tails used by the British. It had multiple leather strips with metal and sharp bone tied to the ends to inflict maximum damage to the victim's back. Now the Romans take the humiliation of Jesus to the next level. They start by stripping him publicly. Next, they put a scarlet robe on him. Scarlet is the color of royalty, and the robe was to mock the kingship of Jesus. Then they plaited a crown of thorns to be placed on my master's head. The thorn bushes in the region have long, hard thorns. This crown would have drawn blood from the head of Jesus. They then placed a thin reed in his hand to take the place of a scepter. The soldiers continued the mockery by bowing before him. Now it was the soldiers' turn to spit on Jesus. They used the reed to repeatedly hit him in the head, 
After they took off the purple robe, they put back on his own clothes and led him away to be crucified. My Christian friends, man's depravity reached an all-time low with the treatment of Christ. His decision to accept the harsh treatment set the example for Christians everywhere. God wants us to be like Jesus, and sometimes that requires us to be humiliated for Christ's sake. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for allowing your son to take the humiliation on our behalf. We pray for those who will accept the sacrifice that was made on the cross in the name of Jesus. Amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.